Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Pastor Mark Job is encouraging you to embrace your God-given gifts and talents. You need to step up to the plate of growth. You need to take on some responsibility. You need to step into maturity. You need to start giving and ministering. You need to start utilizing your spiritual gifts because you have something to give. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. On today's program, we'll hear the final message of our gifted series, and we'll be exploring how our unique gifts are meant to help and encourage the body and bring unbelievers to Christ. You can listen to past messages in this series online anytime when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. But right now, here's Mark Job to conclude our message. It's titled, Unleashing People Power, and it's on Bold Steps Weekend. Each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. Grace, as we learned before, is the word cherish, which comes from the word charisma, which we get the word grace from. Grace is an unmerited, undeserved gift that we receive. We have nothing to do with why it's given to us. It's given to us just because God chooses to give it to us. And this passage tells us that each one of us has received a grace that has been apportioned to us by Christ. Now, that that gift doesn't make you any better or worse than anybody else because you did nothing to deserve the gift that you have. God just gave it to you. And you have a gift, but with that gift comes the responsibility to use that gift. And it says in verse 8, this is why, speaking of Christ... When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. The idea here is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died and became a victor. He conquered death. He conquered sin and when he conquered he descended into the lower parts of the earth and some people believe that uh, that that this descending to the lower parts of the earth has to do with he descending into the very portions of hell and setting the captives free that had been bound and Jesus Christ is the victor the the thought behind this is that when someone conquers he brings spoils the spoils of victory with him The conqueror always has gifts with him. And the idea is that when Jesus died on the cross and conquered death and sin, that he brought gifts with him and he distributed his gifts to his church, each of us individually, because Jesus has conquered, you are gifted. Yeah, oh no, you didn't hear me. Because Jesus has conquered, you are gifted. If Jesus had never conquered, you would not be gifted. Do you understand that? Because Jesus rose from the dead, he has sent the Holy Spirit with gifts. It's the spoils of his conquering. And he has apportioned you a special, powerful gift that has come from him. And it is that gift that God has called you to utilize for the good of other people. Number two, I want you to understand that leadership gifts are given to empower others. 
Verse 11, it says, it was he, speaking about Christ, who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the works of service. Uh, people refer to these as the five-fold five ministries. These are primarily leadership ministries. And I want you to understand the emphasis about this, that God has given leaders to the church not to do the work of the ministry. He didn't say, I gave apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, and teachers so that the people would not have to do ministry and they could just cheer on the leaders. He says, I gave these five-fold ministries to the church. Verse 12 tells us why. To do what? To prepare God's people for what? For service. You see, the leaders are the coaches of the people. This is not a healthy church. Is not a church where the pastor prays for everybody, leads everything, does all the ministry, marries, buries, baptized, leads all the group. That's not a healthy church. That is a pastor-centric church. That is a bottleneck church. That is a church that is flowing at only part of their capacity. That is not a spirit-empowered, unleashed church. Apostles, and let me just define this a little bit. Apostles are... It means sent ones. It's those that pioneer and extend, those that help start other churches and transform cultures. Prophets, those are those that foretell and foretell, particularly attuned to God's word and truth for the day. Evangelists, those that proclaim and recruit other people out of darkness as they proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, helping people to come into the kingdom. Uh, shepherds or pastors are those that nurture and protect the congregation as they help them grow as caregivers in the community. Teachers, those that understand and explain, communicators of God's truth, of wisdom, and help people remain biblically grounded and better discern God's will. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, uh, they are called not to do the work of ministry, but they are called to empower the people of God within the church to do the work of ministry. Do you understand that? I don't know if you noticed today at these baptismal tanks that there was no pastor there baptizing people. Anybody notice that? I don't know. Pastor Mike may have stuck his hand in there one way or another. I don't know. But And some of you that come from a different tradition may say, hey, hold on a second. Who are those people baptizing those people? Is that even legal? Do you know why we had people, mentors, around them? Some of them housewives, some of them electricians, plumbers, city workers, teachers who are doing the, bapt the baptizing. You know why? Because the Bible tells us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the command is not towards pastors, apostles, preachers, teachers. The command is towards all believers. And so it's the church of God that rises up to do the work of God, to influence the people of God, because we all have a sacred calling upon us. And we want to take it out. You know, there was a time uh, several hundred years ago that Bibles were chained to the pulpits of churches. 
and that the only people that were allowed to read the Bible were professional clergy. And by and large, most people did not have Bibles. And it was the professional clergy that would read the Bible to the people, and people were discouraged from reading the Bible themselves because the common thought, well, well, you're not theologically educated, so reading the Bible may confuse you. So you just need to listen to what the preacher priest has to say to give you the word of God. And so it was the clergy that would pray, offer communion, baptize, teach, and it became very centered around the man of God that was in the pulpit. But the people of God, for the most part, just recited the prayers taught to them by professional clergy. In some traditions, it was the priest only that someone who had sin would come to, and it was the priest that would absolve them from their sin. They had no direct access to God. It was the priest that would offer the communion. In other words, it was the priest that was the mediator that would actually, in certain theological circles, say that you receive Christ through the hand of a priest, but you cannot receive Christ without the hand of a priest. In certain circles, it was the teaching from the Word of God that was given only, to the, only through the clergy, and no one had access to it except through the clergy. It was the clergy that would forgive you your sins at the end while you were dying and about to meet your maker. And unless you had the clergy do a special ceremony over the dying person, that person felt like, I'm going to, I'm, I'll probably end up in hell unless the man of God comes and does some special prayer over me. That gives a lot of power. Access to God is not through the people in that theology Access to God is not directly through Jesus in that theology. Access to God is through the priest or clergy or man of God. The people come to God through the man of God who dispenses religious services. That is not biblical. Hey, if you come to me and say, Pastor, forgive me, Pastor Mark, for I have sinned. I'm going to say, forgive me too, because I have sinned also. <laughs> Don't come to me with your sins. I didn't die on a cross. I didn't pay a price for you. You have a mediator. His name is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He forgives. He delivers. He heals. He changes people around. It's not a man or a person. It's Jesus who died on the cross. You don't have to come to me to get to Jesus. You go directly to God through Jesus Christ, the mediator. You have direct access to the Father. You don't need an in-between person. You already have that in-between person called the Messiah, the mediator, the high priest, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. You don't have to come to me to try to figure out how to pray, you need to learn how to pray. You don't need to come to me for me to teach you the Word of God. You need to study the Word of God on your own. You don't need, hey, listen. You don't need to bring a person to me and say, Pastor, this person's not saved. Can you save them? No, I don't save anybody. You need to lead them to Jesus. You need to pray over them and help them to come to God. 
Pastor, this person's in sin. Could you rebuke them? No, you rebuke them. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You discern. You are. This is called the priesthood of all believers. We all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell the uh, church in Ephesus that we are the people of God. And so God has given, yes, spiritual leaders, but not to do the work of the ministry, but to empower the church, to be the church and do the work of the ministry. We have 300 small groups that happen throughout the city of Chicago. Most of them are led by non-clergy pastoral people. They're led by just people that love Jesus and are teaching the Word of God in the Bible. We've unleashed the power of the people of God. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, and we will continue our lesson in just a moment. But first, Mark, let's take a moment and say welcome to some new listeners to Bold Step Weekend. Yes, I want to say that we are so very excited to welcome all those of you listening on WI. HS in Middletown, Connecticut. Great station, wonderful people there, and wonderful listeners as well. Yeah, so welcome from the East Coast, and I hope that you enjoy the programming that's going to be brought to you every weekend on this station. And let us know you're listening, WIHS, Middletown, Connecticut. All right, let's return to the second half of Mark's message. It's called Unleashing People Power on Bold Steps Weekend. And then he goes on to say... So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure, the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So number three is you need to recognize that your gift is a power to build unity and maturity. That you have been given a gift by God through the Holy Spirit that when you begin to use your gifts, you are, we are the body of Christ. The head of this church is not Mark Job. The head of this church is Jesus Christ, the shepherd of all mankind. He is the chief shepherd. I am an under-shepherd, but Jesus is the head of the church. Not a man, not a person. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We are the body of Christ, each of us connected to the head of Christ. And yeah, there's structure and order um, within the church, but Jesus is the head of the church. And when we, the body, begin to use our gifts then we are built up so that everyone in the body reaches unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature. You see, when we're all using our gifts, it breeds maturity in the people around us. What does maturity mean? 
Maturity means that I've been around the things of God and I've been tested by God and I've grown in the word and I've grown in character so that I'm not a spiritual infant easily dissuaded by false doctrine, easily thrown back and forth by any wave, easily led astray by people, easily discouraged from following God, but I'm mature, I'm sound, I know the word, I know prayer, I've walked with God for some time. There's a spiritual depth and maturity about my life. When we all are doing our part, the body grows in unity, but we also grow in maturity. Churches that are subject to the leadership of one individual are immature churches. Because they don't ask, what does the word say? They say, well, what does my leader say? Oh, I want you to listen to what I have to say. But if what I have to say does not match with the word, you always go with the word above what I say. It's important to know that. Because spiritual mature people grow and understand in that way. And then lastly, remember that truth and love creates the atmosphere for healthy growth. Verse 15, he says, instead, instead of being immature, instead of being tossed back and forth by every wave of doctrine, Instead of not really understanding what the Word of God says, instead of falling away and being easily influenced by whatever anybody is saying out there on television that is halfway smart, because the Bible says in the last days there'll be many deceivers. You know that, right? And many people will be led astray because they're not grounded. They're not mature. They don't know what the Word of God says. So any fast-talking good-sounding individual that gets on there can lead a lot of people astray if you're not grounded, if you don't match it up and say, hey, that's not what the Word of God says. So he says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who's the head that is Christ. That we as a body, as we speak the truth in love, If we have truth but have no love, we don't have the heart of God. If we have love but we have no truth, we will easily be led astray into false beliefs and false practices. We need a strong, heavy dosage of truth and love. Truth and love. Say it together with me. Truth and love. Truth and love. We can have the greatest, you can have the greatest knowledge of the world, but if you don't care about people, it's like the old adage says, if people don't know how much you care, then they don't really care how much you know. Some of you are saying, these people don't want to listen to me. I got the truth. I don't want to listen to you argue because you want to argue doctrine, but you don't really care what's happening in their marriage or how they're struggling with loneliness in their life or how they're battling an addiction. You want to argue with them, but you don't want to love them. Most people respond to the power of love. So you have love and you have truth in that atmosphere. 
It means when someone's going astray, we speak truth into their life. Hey, brother, the Word of God says, and let me put my arm around you and help you practice the Word of God. We're going to love people no matter who they are that come in through these doors. And if a prostitute walks in these doors like they have and sits down beside you like they have, they don't need just to hear, hey, woman, you're living in sin. How could you sell your body? The word of God is against that. It's called adultery and fornication. You need to repent, turn around. You're going to hell. Well, all that may be truth. But if it's not in the envelope of love, that woman is going to bow her head and walk out of this place in shame because she's been given a dose of truth, but she has not been given a dose of love. But when that woman walks in these doors and someone, a sister puts her arms around her and says, honey, you're more than that. You have dignity and value. God made you and shaped you for more than what you're doing with your life. What can we do to help you out of this? Come over to our house and eat. How can we help you out? How can we buy you some new clothes? How can we get you in a women's Bible study? How can we give dignity to your life? How can we talk to the family? We want to do everything that's in our power for you to live out your call and dignity. That's truth and love put together. So speaking the truth in love, we grow up into him who's the head, that's Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as what? As each part. Who's the part? Say, I'm the part. As each part... Not the priest, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist. But as each part does its work. You see, the the body becomes unstoppable when every part of this body says, I'm an important part of this body, so I'm going to do my part. I'm going to use my gift. I'm going to be full of truth and love. And I'm going to grow so that I'm not just a taker. But I'm going to grow, if, even if I'm a new person here and just spiritually mature, don't even know how to open up a Bible, and maybe you feel like very, very new, that's okay. We, are, we all have to be new at some time. Hello? Hello? It's not a bad thing to be a baby. It's a bad thing to stay a baby for 20 years. <laughs> hey, hey, we all celebrate when a baby's born. Hey, I was yesterday holding a baby. I still got it. I still got the touch. I just wanted to make sure I had it. She didn't cry for the first five minutes at least. I was holding some, one of our pastor's little baby yesterday. And I thought like, hey, I got this. It's cute. And it's okay that, you know, the baby can't eat for themselves. It needs to be changed. It's cute and it's nice. And they have the right to be a baby. But if 20 years into it, They don't know how to feed themselves and don't know how to talk. And then there's a problem there. I, I don't mind you being a baby when it's baby time. But if you've been here in Christ five, six, seven years, you're not a baby anymore. You, 
You need to step up to the plate of growth. You need to take on some responsibility. You need to step into maturity. You need to start giving and ministering. You need to start utilizing your spiritual gifts because you have something to give. This is Bold Steps Weekend, the Bible teaching of Moody Bible Institute's president, Mark Job. And if you know someone who would benefit from Mark's bold and practical Bible teaching, be sure to direct them to our website. Simply go to boldstepsweekend.org or reach out and speak with one of our friendly team members when you call 866-535-5580. And by the way, while you're online, make sure to check out our latest bold action gift. Here's Mark one more time to tell us a bit more about it. Sometimes we're so weighed down by the darkness of this world, we have trouble seeing the light. But God's goodness is still here. We have the choice to embrace His goodness every day. And it doesn't take a new world view or a new neighborhood to see it. It just takes discernment. Now, true biblical discernment isn't found in some list of do's or don'ts. It can't be earned with a degree or downloaded through an app. Real discernment is developed by pursuing the things of God, things that are just, pure, good, and holy. And so to help you peer through the brokenness and discover the goodness that God is calling us to, let us send you a book called All That's Good, Recovering the Lost Art of Discernment. Don't stay embittered by the snares of the enemy. Learn how to break the bondage and reclaim all that God desires for you by requesting this bold action gift today. We'll send you a copy right to your door when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Thank you, Mark. You can make your donation and request this bold action gift today by going to boldstepsweekend.org or give us a call at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Well, that's all the time we have today, so thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next weekend as we begin a new series called Rewrite. That's coming up next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.